Wednesday, the 14th of December in the year of our Lord, 2022. And it's just gone half past three here in the afternoon in the UK. And it's about 10.30 around the Florida Bay area. I don't know if it's Florida Bay, but this Florida Bay sounds good. I am so honoured that I would say she's my pastor. Out of all of the all of the prophets that I follow, my heart is with the, my next guest. She was the first prophet I found. I, you know, I've got alarms set on my phone on the computer for ever she uploads a video. Um, she's the very first prophet who ever came onto the show, and I'm getting goose pimples just talking about her. It is the wonderful Deborah Williams. Hello, darling. Hey. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. Thank you. I am so honored to be on your show because I I listen to you, Lou, and I hear a patriot par excellence. And I know that God has raised you up for this time. And so I'm honored. Thank I'm you. honored. Thank you. Listen, I, we just talked before the show. You are chomping at the bit because... <laughs> You have a word from the Lord. You're going to give a little mini sermon. As my pastor, I'm inviting you to preach to my listeners, Deborah <laughs> and Jesus and the Lord, over to you. Oh, thank you, darling. Um, I, I, you know, I just got this. This is fresh. And I mean, like an hour ago. And I, I mean, I'm not. I've hardly slept. Lou, Lou, are you aware that they are so there's so many clashes of warfare going on in the heavenlies that many of us cannot sleep? Uh, do you know what? That's probably explains me because um, even though it's, I, I got bought a new bed, God, thank you. My boss for my Christmas present, a bed turned up for me, a brand new bed. And I, it, but I had some really good night's sleep. But you know what? I'm stirring. I'm waking. And it's not from the menopause. Yeah, exactly. I am waking, a lo- I am waking up a lot during the night and I sometimes I'm feeling more tired. Yeah. When I first went to bed, you know. Yeah. After- oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's because we're caught up in what's happening. Um, But I I really I asked the Lord yesterday, the day before, the day before that. And it was just the peace came over me and said, don't worry, I'll give it to you. I'll give you something to give because I know that this is especially for your part of the world. I mean, it's for us, it's for anyone listening. But But okay, I'm just going to tell you straight out. It starts out in the book of Job. (laughs) Wow. It's not the eldest. I mean, as you know, I'm I'm still learning. I'm I'm learning all the Bibles, but that is one of the oldest books in the Bible, is it not? Yes. Yes, exactly. I was going to tell you that. I'm so glad you already know. So, you know, he didn't have a lot of revelation. You know what I'm saying? In other words, he didn't have the Bible to turn to and look for his answers. I I love to often make the statement to kind of jar very religious people awake and say, Abraham didn't have a Bible. (laughs) Well, neither did Joe. Of course not. Yeah. And these are the men who had a big hand in writing it. (laughs) Joe went through so much. Yes. So, so much. And he stayed loyal. And I'm just, I'm going to shut up because um, who am I to no, no, tell you about the Bible? I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> no, no, feel free to jump in anytime. But, but Joe basically had the pox. 
<laughs> monkey. <laughs> I don't know if it was monkey or small or what kind of pox he had. But yeah. And, and God healed him, of course, in the season of him finding and discovering God. And, and, and so here's the deal. He knew God, but he couldn't find him in his extremity. So do you mind if I just read some out of the Bible? Please do, Deborah. Okay, it's in the, I'm starting with um, one of his miserable friends. He called them miserable comforters because they were religious and they came and told him all this truth. And, you know, and there's a lot of people out there spouting truth, my sister, but it's not helpful because all it does is heap judgment, condemnation, shame, Oh, I hope I hope your people are listening right now. I'm sure, they are. They are, and I'm just opening my um, my web Bible right now okay. to read along with you. So, a 22nd chapter. Here's a life as, and and they do speak a lot of truth, but they don't speak it in a merciful way. But amazingly, this little section is just so powerful, even though it came out of his mouth and not Job's. So in the 25th verse, he says, and this is going to grab you, I'm telling you. Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. Okay, so there's lots of people trying to get. What what is this? It's Job. What one is it with the 25th? 22nd chapter, Job 22. I'm there. Okay, thank you. Verse 25. And this is Eliphaz. And he says, Yes, the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. In other words, don't worry about. Uh, anything, if you've got, you know, that's what they're saying. Now you got to get gold and silver because, well, it's going to always be tradable when nothing else, when fiat currency blows up and it, you know, it's going to, yeah. So, so, but then, then he says, yes, the almighty will be your gold and your precious silver for then you will have your delight in the almighty and lift your face to God. So God is like our gold and our silver. He's, he's, he's the ace in the hole. He's the, <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure he understands that. And, and, and so there's great delight that comes on us. He's saying from knowing God and look at the next verse, you will make a oh, oh, delight in the almighty and lift up your face to God. So do you know people who can't lift up their face to God are usually ashamed or they feel condemned or, and that's what religion does to us, Lou. Lou, 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 I'm telling you, religion, people who are trying to be good enough will never be good enough. People who go to church to try to satisfy the rule of law, that they think God is this lawyer and he is going to beat them on the head. They think he's a he's not the defense lawyer. They think he's the D.A. OK, yeah. <laughs> and. And, and so he works for the state. But, oh, no, that's not the kind of God we serve. So there's great delight in knowing him. And then you'll be able to lift up your face. Do you see the connection? When you really know God, you will be able to lift up your face to God because you discover he is not like the religious people tell you that he's he's got a big stick and he's waiting for you to get out of line. And he's going to hit you over the head with a big stick. 
Well, that's how I was introduced to to it. You know, you're gonna you're going to sin. You're going to go to hell. But dip your head in shame. You know, and oh God, he's 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 a forgiver. He forgive. And who was somebody came? Oh, I've got to introduce you. Q Team Awesome. They're called the Team Awesome. They only did their second podcast a couple of weeks ago, and that's exactly what she said. You know, she she said you know she she said to me you know the Lord. He's either, he either, he wants to forgive all of these Satanists. Yes. He, he is the only person we could all, you know, this is the one thing we struggle with, but we're not God because he is so good. Yeah. But we don't, but we don't understand that. You don't, you know, you're a sinner. You're going to go to hell. You got, yeah. all, you know, but God came and said, he sent his son to take away our sins. Did he not? Yes. Yes. You're already getting ahead of me. <laughs> Sorry, go on. No, no, no. And so, so listen, verse 27, you will make your prayer. Now he's talking to Job who's in pain. He's suffering. He's lost his 10 children. He's lost all of his sheep, his camels, his oxen. And his wife has told him to just curse God and die. Okay. So he's got monkey pox or whatever pox he's got all over his body. He's sitting in an ash heap and he's scraping the boils with a shard of pottery. Lovely. I, I, I know it's what a, what a picture. I know. He's a man that has lost everything. And yet he has come from way up high where everyone wanted to hear what Job had to say. He sat in the city gate. They came to him for counsel. He was honored. He was given the best seats at all the parties. He, you know what I'm saying? He was given medals, probably medals of freedom. Who knows? And, yeah. and what they had in that day that they honored him. And now he's dishonored. He's shamed. He's nobody. He's nothing. And he has nothing. So all he has at this point is to cling to God. I got to hurry on. So you will make your prayer to him. He will hear you and you will pay your vows. Now, this is to the person that knows God. Okay. Uh, In other words, when he becomes your gold, he becomes your silver. In other words, the one that you depend on for your daily bread, for your sustenance, for your life. Even when you're losing everything, when you depend on him, you will then begin to know him. You will find out he is a good God. You'll be able to lift up your face to him and he will shine upon you and you he he will hear your prayer. And then he says, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your way. So in other words, when you know God, You will have great confidence to declare the word of the Lord. So like when the hurricane came and took out my carport, I sat there in front of it. And and even then the metal was just banging all around and still attached to the shed and part of the house. And it looked like it was just going to tear up all my landscaping and tear up my house and break out the windows. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get back double for the this is not God doing this. This is the devil. And if you look at the beginning of Job, you see that it was indeed the devil that did this. He said, if you'll take away everything, you let me take away everything Job has and he'll curse you to your face. But you know what? When everything was taken away from him, Lou, he still knew he had God. 
And so here's his religious friend saying to him, you'll be able to declare a thing and it will be established for you. So I declared that I was going to get back double. And I just as I just told you before we came on, and I know it's just a little thing, but that's exactly what we got. We got back double what it cost to repair the damage to our house. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because I declared it. You see, this is I. I'm still in this zone. You see, there are a lot of I'm. I'm talking to to to, to other Christian friends, but they are in the, the mindset is that we are actually in tribulation, and you know, well, <laughs> and they don't follow the prophets. You see, and I said, well, I think you're wrong. You know, <laughs> we've got to be careful of all of these prophets. You know, but they're still going to, you know, a Church of England church. Yeah. Um, you know, that they, they, they aren't following the word of God. You know, there are agendas behind this. A lot of these Christ, these Church of England churches were encouraging people to go and get a jab, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, um, I mean, I have, I put so much faith into it now and I've seen friends heal. You know, we were, we've been standing up for the child, the, the mums of Wales who were taking yeah. the Welsh government to court over the disgusting education. Yes. Well, a friend of mine came down. He was very much like me. He's but he's been he's been going out onto the street and spreading the word. And he went down. He took authority that day. He, you know, we, he was there for a reason and he wasn't there evangelizing. He was very respectful because, you know, some people do get annoyed. Um, but he was he's, he's such a man of God. He's incredible. And he went round and there was a lady on a, with a walking stick. She was in terrible pain. He came down. He, he got rid of it in the name of Jesus. He got rid of that pain and he helped three or four magic. And God was present <laughs> that day with us without a doubt. <laughs> Without um, so God bless, and I'm seeing it more and more. But what do you? I maybe this will come because I know you want to get on with your the word of the Lord. But I do want to talk to you about how we get through to people who are living in the doom and gloom. They don't see it. You don't see that we could. It's almost like Moses parting the Red Sea. Um, in these times, I don't believe we're in tribulation, but they are. Adamant. Oh no! All the signs are there. So after, I'd like to get a what, how I should respond to certain people because I am so, so new at this and I don't have the confidence as of yet, even though he's with me all the time, I still don't have that confidence, that, you know. Well, and, and see, and here's why you know that is because you know him. And one of the first things that happened, I may have mentioned this on the show before, but uh, in in. 2019, going into 2020, uh, when they first had, when, when the COVID, uh, the pandemic broke out, I got on my, and they were saying millions was going to die when in fact, they're actually just going to die from the vaccine. They're not going to die from COVID, except yeah. unless the hospital kills them, which that's another. Yeah, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I got down on my face before my God, who I know, and I know his voice and I'm crying out to God wanting to know, is this the beginning of the end? And I did, you know, you don't expect God to just answer. <laughs> and he answered and he said, no, it's the end of the beginning. And so I knew that we were just in the beginning of the birth pangs. We had moved from the early stages of labor into active labor. And I'm like, God, okay, everyone's wanting to put now since then, everyone's wanting to put a timeline on God. But, you know, I heard a man of God say what time was like to God. 
Okay, he's eternal. I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's always been. That, that, that blows my mind. Even worse than trying to imagine he always will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we have God who is eternal and he's speaking to us out of eternity and we're in this little time warp. And, and, and this man said, God looks down on time like if you were in the air and we're sitting at a we, you and me are sitting in a car at the train track, watching the train go by. And we're counting the cars and the cars might be years for us. OK, and maybe there's 220 cars and we never see the end of the train going by. But God is up in the heavens looking down and he can see the he can see the boost on the end and he can see the the uh, uh, engines on the front and that's time to him he made time he is he can look on time he can see it he knows it he knows everything he has planned and what he's trying to do is to get us to see things the way he sees things because he knows us and we know him. And every now and then we we can forget about our pain long enough to hear what he's saying. And that's where I want to move on to. OK, here I go. All right. So so the light will shine on your ways. Verse twenty nine. When they cast you down and you say exultation will come. That's exactly what's happening. They're saying, oh, the religious people are saying, this is all lining up. This is happening. That's happening. This is the sign. This is this is what's happening. Yes, yes, yes. This is like such malarkey, okay? They, ha- they think that they have got the book of Revelation figured out, and they haven't even figured out that Revelation is not the revelation of the Antichrist. It's not the revelation of all the bad things that are going to happen before Jesus comes. It's actually the revelation of Jesus. And in and, and fact, it is the revealing of him in great authority, great power, and the saints overcoming the enemy by his authority. Yeah. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives to the death. So here's a man that looks like he might be dying and his religious friends, like you just asked me, are gathered around. We're going to get to the answer to your question. And what you do is you just speak, keep on speaking the truth to them in love. That's what you do. And sooner or later, some of them will awaken. That doesn't mean they'll ever stop embracing their, I call it the Tim LaHaye end times. (laughs) Because it's what a man figured out, wrote a bunch of books on it. And that's what a lot of people believe. And they haven't yet sat down. Many of them have sat down with the book of Revelation and they have looked for what they've been told it means rather than looking at it with the eyes of Christ Jesus and saying, Lord, what do you say it means? And and forget all the timeline of the where are we at? Are we on uh, are, are, are we on uh, a car number 240 or are, are we almost? Oh, there's the caboose. I see the caboose coming. We're almost at the end. N- no, you can't figure out God like that. You, you just can't. He doesn't even want you to. So he says, then he will save the humble person. He will even deliver one who is not innocent. Whoa. He will even deliver a person who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered by the purity of your hands. So here's the deal, Lou. You just have to keep your hands pure. 
and your heart pure. And, and when you speak what you speak to them, know that it's out of a heart of love because they're so dim-witted that they can't see past what they've been told everything means. They can't think for themselves, hear God for themselves. So they are touting and, 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 and speaking what they've been told it means because they don't think that their God is big enough to tell them what it means. And that's why I know we're not at the end. And that's why I know that I don't look at all the cars going by going, oh, yeah, this is the first seal. Oh, yep. There's the light. There's the second trumpet. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's the bowl. I don't look at the cars going by and say, oh, yeah, I know exactly where we are. No, none of us know exactly where we are. But here's the problem with that. They bring all the heap, all of this negative and painful and their words do not lift you up. Their words do not give you joy and peace in Christ Jesus. Do they? I mean, somebody tell me of what they're touting. I, I, I listened to a man yesterday for about 30 minutes until I couldn't stand to listen to him anymore. And he was talking about all the horrible things that are happening. And it doesn't mean we stick our head in the sand, but it means that in spite of all the horrible things that are happening, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. Am I going too fast? No, no, I'm just taking it all in. Okay, okay, all right. So then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what Job answered this guy. Yes. This is what's important. Even today, verse 2, my complaint is bitter. And, and there's, there's a lot of people in your country whose complaint is real and their complaint is bitter, meaning painful. And my hand is listless because of my groaning means I, I can't do anything. I'm, I'm helpless. I can't even lift up my hand. Yeah. Oh, that yes. I knew where I might find him, that I might come to see his seat. He's talking about God. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. So he's saying, oh, if I just knew where to find him. So we look for him in the news. We look for him in the religious right. We look for him in, in the patriots. We look for him for people like Deborah. And, and we can't find him for ourselves. He says, would he contend with me in his great power? No, God is not going to contend with me, but he would take note of me. There the upright could reason with him. You know, like sitting down and talking to your friend. And here he supposedly got a friend that he should be able to talk to, but the friend is doing nothing but heaping religious crapola on him. Yeah. That's exactly, there, that's, the, I would reason with him and I would be delivered forever from my judge. And the judge is delivering us. That is actually what's happening. Yeah. We are actually in the process of deliverance. And it, it looks a whole lot worse before you get delivered. It's like the person who has been jailed and he didn't do anything wrong. The person who is in jail because an enemy put him there. Like, you know, they just told me yesterday I might be put in YouTube jail now for two weeks. Oh. <laughs> but they're reviewing it. So I took the video off that they're reviewing. So what was it? What, what was it? 
is the very last one. Okay. You can find it on Rumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always watch you on Rumble now. I, I try and yeah. avoid YouTube as much as possible now. Yes, yes. So he said I would be delivered from my judge forever. Wow, forever. In other words, we're never going to be judged by God if we allow him to judge our hearts now. So if we continue to deal with these people that we've been talking about, the religious crowd who think they've got a handle on what's happening in the world and they don't know, uh, come here from Sikkim and, and God is sitting on the throne laughing at him thinking, you know, have they not got it yet? I'm not going to come after a wimpy church that is crying and hiding in the hills and trying to eke out a little bit of food. Like, remember Gideon? Gideon was up there in the wine press. That's not where you, you thresh your wheat. And he was threshing wheat because he didn't. Well, of course, nobody's using the wine press that time of year. It's not the time for the grapes to be crushed. And, and, and so he's up there in the wine press hiding from the enemy. And that's what what people are trying to do right now. And yet here we're in a time where we should be declaring a thing and it being established for us. Yeah. But it's only going to be those who know their God. You, you remember what Daniel said? Daniel said, uh, uh, those who do know their God, it, it, you'll find <laughs> it in, in verse chapter 11, verse 32, uh, when, when they stand before them and preach the truth, they're going to have boldness because he said, those who do know their God shall be bold and do exploits, shall be strong. And that's in the midst of the great tribulation. Uh, yeah. So, so he says, this is, this is important to get this part right here. This is maybe why you're, you're having difficulty hearing the Lord. I want to explain that. Look, I go forward, but he is not there and backward, but I cannot perceive him. Now think about that word perceive. It means I can't feel him. I, I can't see him. I'm not aware of him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Ah, But then we get to verse 10. Because. He knows the way that I take. He knows, even though I can't see him or feel him going through this pain, uh, our situation overwhelms us, Lou. The, 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 the media overwhelms us, the religious <coughs> crowd, the sicknesses, the, the fear for our children, the fear for our world, the fear for our life overwhelms us it, it, in our extremity. It is very hard to hear God or to see him working. Yeah. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. So here's, here's the problem. When our focus is on the problem, when our, when our focus is on the, the naysayers, all of the wicked, that all of things that they're doing, the things the religious crowd is doing, the things that are actually happening in our lives, where we don't have heat in our home, or we don't have food on the table. I'm going to tell you a little story that happened to this my mother. This is incredible that you're bringing this up. Do you know, 
and you you you're not on Facebook, and I know you I know you're not on Facebook. You don't yeah. do Twitter. Do you know what happened to me at the end of the week? The beginning what? of the week, I had no gas. I had no heat. Had no money to get heat. Had nothing. And I just, I, I didn't say too much. I just put a status on onto onto the social media, just saying, our government, we've got Ukrainians, illegal immigrants, and they're not families. <laughs> they're, they're grown adult people in 500 pound a night hotels down the road with their food and everything. And then you've got the elderly and war veterans War veterans are sleeping on the streets. You've got yes. the elderly. They yes. can't leave their house. You know, and there's me. I, I shouldn't really moan. Okay, I've, I haven't got any gas for a few days. And the Lord sorted it out that I was blessed. <laughs> and I managed to go and get some yeah. gas and electric, etc. But how bizarre that you you actually said there was if people haven't got gas. And that's that's where we were at the beginning of this week. Yes. And there are many there that, that are yes. there right now. And it, it, let me tell you the story. That my mom, my mom and dad both that my mother was born in 1922 and my my father was born in 1920. They were children in the Great Depression. Okay, so by the time it deepened in 1931-32, my dad was 11, 12 years old. He remembered it very well. And my mother as well. And my my mother sat down, uh, was seated at the table with her two sisters, with their mom and dad. And their mom and dad sat at the kitchen table and they said, darlings, we don't have anything to eat. We're sorry, but we, we have a God in heaven. So they joined hands and they prayed. They went to bed hungry that night. And the next morning, there were two bags of groceries on the doorstep. So I'm just telling you, God is trying to get our eyes, our focus off of our extremity and, and see him who is unlimited. The Lord spoke to me this past January of this year, and he said to me, Deborah, and whenever he calls me Deborah, <laughs> he gets my attention. And I said, yes, Lord. He said, the only limits on your ministry are the limits you put on me. So I want to say this, the only limits on our lives are the limits that we put on him. We are looking in the natural realm instead of looking in the face of our father who loves us. And hey, the worst thing that could happen is we could die, which would be the best thing could happen. Because when you know God, you're going to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really where Job was. Hallelujah. <laughs> So we freeze to death. They say that's a really easy death. <laughs> Just yeah, death. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's horrible. Carry on. Okay, because God has a purpose for us. And God had a purpose for Job. You know what happened to Job. You read the very end, the end of Job. And then we're told it over in, 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 in chapter uh, five of uh, James that the, the Job, um, you know, he went through all of this. But his captivity turned when he prayed for his friends. These, these people who think they've got it all together, they need prayer. <laughs> yes, they do. They yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. So well, let's just go to the last verse of Job. Okay. Okay. 
You go for it. Okay, so I made a covenant with my eyes. Um, so I'm using I'm using Web Bible. I don't know what, what version it is. I made a covenant with my eyes. How then should I look lustfully at a young woman? For what is the, the portion from God above and the heritage from the Almighty on high? Is it not calamity to the unrighteous and disaster to the workers of iniquity? Doesn't he see my ways and count all of my steps? If I have walked with falsehood and my foot has hurried to deceit, let me be weighed in and an even balance that God may know my integrity. If my step has turned out of the way, if my heart walked after my eyes, if any defilement has stuck to my hands, then let me sow and let another eat. Yes, let the produce of my produce of my field be rooted out. If my heart has been enticed to a woman and I have laid wait at my neighbor's door, then let my wife grind for another and let others sleep with her. For that would be a heinous crime. Yes, it would be an iniquity to be punished by the judges, for it is a fire that consumes to destruction and would root out all my increase. I'm not sure how many, I don't want to read the whole lot, but <laughs> when they, were, they were very, very, I'm, and I'll be here for ages. I would, yeah. Let me read the first couple of verses because those ones, that was so true up the top, you know, we, we are falsehoods. We think we're walking in the light, but, you know, we're not being righteous. Right. Right now. And that's something that I feel I have to address at times all the time. And I'm asking every day. But you know what? His mercies are new every morning. <laughs> so let briars grow instead of wheat and stinkweed instead of barley. The words of Job are ended. That was the final, final verse. If if I have eaten its fruit without money or have caused its owners to lose their life, let briars grow instead of wheat and stinkweed yeah. instead of the barley. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Because it seems like... You know, I keep referring to, to parts of the Bible. Um, where is it when, was it Jonah? Jonah, they were given, God gave them a second chance, didn't they? Yeah. And I'm sure that yeah. I, I, I learned that from you. And I'm sure yeah. I read that, that yeah. he gave them another chance to, to repent because Job didn't want to go there. Yeah. Uh, and they did. They did. And, you know, it made sense to me when you were saying it um, that these are the times we're in now. You know, it's not the end. We are getting a second chance. Right. And I think possibly it is the Lord working when we are seeing what nonsense is going on with your president. (laughs) The people that he's bringing into this. I mean, it's got to be some sort of joke. Uh, Yeah. You know, this must God and his genius sense of humor for waking people up because this is not real you know i put a face i put a status up on social media earlier men can't get pregnant (laughs) two genders follow me for more wisdom (laughs) (laughs) it's absolutely insanity and our god has the best sense of humor that yes this is what it's going to have to take to people just to to, to look up, those I think are the words I'm looking for. If this is what it takes, then let him like crack on because it is a hilarious show we're watching. It is. It really is a show. It is. That, that's why so many have said, be sure and get your popcorn, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. Exactly. So where are we now with current climate, Deborah? Where do you think 
we are, if you could match the times right now to a moment in the Bible. Well, that moment, <laughs> what scripture would you go to or what part of the Bible? I, I would have to go over to the 24th chapter and of Matthew, which people love that yes. chapter. And it's, uh, but there's one thing that stands out about that chapter. Three times Jesus says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Take heed that you're not deceived. So how you get deceived is you don't love the truth. And Jesus is the truth, which leads me right back to where I'm going. So I'm going to finish this. So, so remember, we have a lawyer. His name is Jesus. Listen to this in Hebrews 7. So it talks about Jesus. This whole chapter is talking about Jesus. Chapter 7 of Hebrews, verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost, which means forever, completely save, to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, meaning through Jesus. So we come to God through Jesus since he always lives to make intercession for them. So that intercession there literally is one standing up for another. You see it also let me turn real quickly to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. He says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Okay, God doesn't want us to sin, but you know, you are already being dealt with by God. And that's what he's doing with us. It doesn't matter how great you think you are in the kingdom. God, you are still a little child and you are God's child. And children sometimes need to be spanked. And I don't mean that God tests us, judges us. When I say that, he corrects us in goodness and love and mercy. It's like when you tell your child, don't do that or you're going to get a spanking. Of course, that's not the, that is so not. Uh, the order of the day, as you well know. That's what happened to little Johnny 30 years ago. We stopped spanking our children and yep. now we have monsters. Okay. That's so. it. Absolutely. I couldn't, honestly, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. There is no, and they've lost it's the way yeah. kids treat their parents and they speak yeah. down to their parents. There is no respect. There is no discipline. And, you know, I would have had a, Smack on my backside if I ever yeah. got off to my parents and I was sent to my room, but I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> exactly. Again. Exactly. And that's how you learn. And, and, and so God allows us, he allows the enemy to come in like he did in Job's life. I know it sounds horrible, but it's because all things, we know that all things work together for good to them who love God. That's one of my favorite scriptures. I have to remember that when there's something happening in my life, I do not understand. I say, do you know what, God? I know, I know you, and you may be allowing this, but if you're allowing it, it's because it's going to do something good in my life. So I'm not going to stay in this place. I'm going to come through this place because I am not a wimpy Christian. I am an overcomer. 
through Jesus Christ, my Lord. His blood saves me and delivers me, heals me, and brings me every time out into the victory if all get my focus back on you. Forgive me, Lord. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So I looked up, I felt like this morning, the Lord said, look it up so you can tell them what the definition of an advocate is. It is one that argues for a cause, a supporter or defender, one that pleads in another's behalf, an intercessor. So, okay, we've just learned in Hebrews 7.25 that Jesus is the intercessor. He ever lives, in other words, eternally, to make intercession for those who love him, who know him. That's what. That's the only thing we're truly called to do. Jesus continually said to all of those people who hated him, all the Pharisees who judged him, said he had a demon, said he cast out demons by the prince of the demons, said he blasphemed God because he could, he claimed that he was God's son. Well, you know what? We are God's children. We are his sons and his daughters. So there's coming a time they may blaspheme us too. But what did Jesus do on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And the reason they didn't know what they were doing was because they were religious and they listened to, the devil is very religious and, and, and they listened to the demons. And so they took the word and they applied it as a be a whip to beat someone. They applied it to use to control people. So there are many religious people today who want to be right, who love, they just love doom and gloom. They love to speak doom and gloom because it gives them great authority. People are literally, it's like when there's a fire, Everybody comes out in town to look at it. When when there's a wreck on the road, everybody slows down to see what they can see. It's like we are drawn to horrible stuff. And there's a whole religious genre out there that is wanting to draw all of our eyes to the horrible stuff. But the Lord is saying, don't look at the horrible stuff. He's saying, he's not saying ignore it, pretend it's not happening, stick your head in the sand and think it's all going to get better. No, he's saying, see the truth and see me in the midst of it. I am in the midst of it. I am your advocate. I am your lawyer. I am your intercessor. I'm your defender. I'm your supporter. My cause is bigger than their cause. And God has a cause. And, you know, I love, I love the second Psalm because he says, you'd you'd better listen to him because he's sitting in the heavens. I can see him right now. He's sitting in the heavens with his arms folded on his throne, knowing he is in complete control of everything. And he's laughing. He's laughing because he gets the last laugh. And he's Jesus, when he comes back to get his children, his bride. She is going to be an overcomer. She is is not time for us to sit and hide. 
Okay, we're not going to be also like those in Matthew 7, uh, I think 21 is the verse where he says many are going to come to him in the last day and they're going to say, oh, Lord, Lord, we, we, we saw you in our streets and we heard your message and, and we've cast out devils and we've healed the sick in your name. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. So, okay, you say, how can that happen? It's because the word of God works. Hear, hear me real carefully here now, Lou, and all my listeners and all your listeners. The word of God, when it is spoken through an evil person's mouth, there could be someone listening to it and they grab hold of it. They believe in it and they receive a miracle. It, it could be a priest that's molesting little children. It could be uh, someone who is uh, merchandising the saints, getting lots of money and using it for their own means to do wickedness, who claims to be a preacher. But yet they're taking the word and they're speaking the word and miracles happen because the word works for anyone who believes it, who will take it at face value and say, I'm taking that word for myself. And because they're not listening, no, they don't know they're innocent in, in the whole transaction. They don't know that the minister is wicked. They don't know that the priest is wicked. They just know that the word that was spoken through that person's mouth is enough for them to grab hold of and get delivered. And so they get a miracle. Well, in the great so-called minister who thinks he's really hot stuff because someone just got healed in their ministry thinks that they've now got kudos with God. Guess what? They're going to stand before God and say, look, we did all these miracles in your name. And the Lord says, I don't know you. In other words, you didn't do this because you love people. You did this because you love money or you love fame or you love to be honored. You know, that's what he said to the Pharisees. He said, you go through the marketplace and you love to be called rabbi. And, and you know, you, you, you try to make yourself look so good. But the outside the club cup is clean, but the inside is full of wickedness and evil. So God knows the in intents of the heart. And that's those who really know God, God is dealing with the intents of their heart because he wants them to know him. So in the midst of all this hard stuff, start believing Lou, that he is our advocate. He sees all of this. He's our intercessor. He is going to deliver us. He is going to heal us. He's going to heal our children. He's going to deliver our children. I'm telling you the day of the prodigal is upon us. And there are many, many grown children who were raised in church or who had parents or grandparents that prayed for them. I know I got to slow down. I have so much. It's, it's amazing. Like, Don't slow down. You're, it's absolutely amazing, Deborah, honestly. Well, it, it's our God. Our God wants us to know him. Exactly. Our God doesn't want us to know what's happening in the world and do something about it. He wants us to know him and hear what he wants us to do about it. And that's what you're doing. You're hearing him. You're in love with him. And how you know that is that he's correcting you. When he loves his children, he corrects them. And how you can know if you are a child of God is, do you ever hear the Holy Spirit telling you you shouldn't have said that? You yeah. shouldn't have done that? If yeah. you don't, something's wrong. Yeah. 
I hear it all the time. All the time. I can't can't get away with anything. I can. God is making the moves and bringing people into my life. And now I am having so many connections with yourself, with Tanya, you know, the lovely Tanya Joy Gibson, who really, I, you know, it was the last, I wouldn't have thought, uh, you know, that uh, that connection would have come from you because it could have come from somewhere else. He's making his move. He's connecting all right people. I feel now that I know what my path is and I think I know what he's got because I can't do anything else. And now I'm trying to move my shows. I've done so much with the children and I'm still going to focus, but I need to bring make God a part of this now. And I do believe that that's why I've been, he's connected me and you. Uh, He's connected with Tanya Joy Gibson, uh, Julie Green. Um, I feel that I, and I, you know, I'm speaking it more because obviously I was, I wasn't new agey, but I was like, I was new age, I suppose, the spiritual one love. But it's, it's taken me on my path and it's got me here. Exactly. But I do truly believe now my platform, we, we, we do have followings. We don't, we don't have the notoriety that we should get and the work that Liberty Tactics and the others do, you know, our team do. But that doesn't matter. I feel he's making his move. He's getting people into position. I feel yeah. he's, he's bringing you, you yourself, Julie, to make me a better Christian, like to learn more because I'm so hungry for it. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's, it's the great awakening, the great revival. Yes. I feel it's coming. I think America's, you've still got such a, God has such a big part in your life. It's gone from the UK, but I'm doing my damnedest. Yes. To get the word out and get people to turn and to start looking up. Yes, it's all about yes. it's all about him, you know. I'll give it yes. to give it to him. I'm not going to stop fighting for the children. But now I've got him on. I've got him on my side. So <laughs> yes, yes. We and, and, and when, when we finally get to that place where we stop worrying and fretting and trying to fix things, including mm-hmm. our families and our children, and yeah. you know, we cannot fix all of this, but. When we get to know him and we see that he is on our side, he is on the side of the righteous. He says he hates the wicked all day long. (laughs) I mean, he hates what we hate. That's what's wonderful. When you suddenly cross that line of just simply hating it and realize you're hating what God hates and you're loving what God loves and you're loving who God loves. And, And so when we come to the place that we know that God is over Lord over the whole earth and he has a plan and his plan we may not see it we like like dear Job we may not see it we may not feel it we may may not see him we we turn around we look for him we can't perceive him because we're so into the moment of our own difficulties our own extremities but he he he's like he grabbed a hold of himself in that moment and he said but God knows the way that I'm taking. And when he has finished, this this trial is over, then I'm going to come forth as gold. And and so that's that's the trial of our faith is to know that, you know what? We can't do anything. Jesus himself, he he said of himself, he said, "Um, why do you call me good? None are good. Only God. 
Only God is good. And of my own self, I can do nothing. He totally relied on his father. He totally relied on the Holy Spirit. And so when we totally rely on him, then we will begin to pray the prayers that he wants us to pray. We will declare the things he wants us to declare. We will know where to go, who to see. We will know what to speak on the air. We will know who to who to uh, uh, literally arrest in the spirit. You arrest them in the spirit by the by the word of the Lord, and they're going to get arrested. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God is is after the wicked. He's either going to change them and save them, or he is he is going to deliver them over to the judge. Yeah. And so. If, if he's looking for the remnant that will stand up with him, stop being influenced by the Tim LaHaye, uh, oh, it's all over. Let's run to the hills crowd. Jesus is coming and, and we are not called to occupy. We just need to go find a place and hide. No, no. no. Then, then you realize, wait a minute. We, we are the remnant of God. We are the ones that are still believing in our God and that he is mighty to save and he can deliver and he wants to save and he wants to deliver. And so we declare this and we decree this and we we say that and, and, and it comes to pass. And it may take a while. We may have to stand. But the Bible says in Ephesians 6, I think it's verse 10. He says, when you've done all you can do to stand, keep standing. So when you when there's nothing else around you that, that is any means of support, physically, financially, spiritually, when you go to the cupboard and there's nothing in there, then know that you can cry out to your God and your God will deliver you. Yes. Yes. It's like me on the airplane with the little girl who was terrified and crying. And I was on a mission trip to Kenya. And, 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 and she was crying. And I said, I put my hand on her very gently on her hand. And I said, honey, what's wrong? And she told me how afraid she was. And I just know this plane is going to crash. And I said, oh, no, it's not going to crash. Well, and then I had her attention. She looked at me and said, how can you know that? And I said, well, because I have a mission and I'm going to do that mission. We're going to Kenya because I'm on this plane. It's simple. Simple. Just like that. It's simple. Because my faith was not in the pilot. My faith was not in the uh, aeronautics guy who worked on the system uh, or, or the mechanics. I am I am trusting in the Lord. This Lord, this plane is going to land. And it's going to land safely. And I claim all the souls on board with me. Because I am going to do what the Lord told me to do. And Jesus, that's exactly the way he lived his life. He went everywhere the Lord told him to live or, or go. It's like when he was in Nazareth, he went to his own hometown where, of course, you know, a prophet is 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 not without honor except in his own hometown. So, you know, they honor him everywhere else except at home. And, and he stood up and he told them that this day, the scripture from Isaiah about he the anointing of the Lord is upon me to heal the brokenhearted and to heal the sick and to raise the dead, blah, blah, blah. And this is this has been fulfilled today in your ears. And they were so mad that they dragged him to the brow of a hill and they were going to throw him off. But it says he just made his way through the crowd and left them there. Now, how did he do that? 
Well, it's because I guess the Lord blinded them all. It's like the men at the door at Lot's house in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were wanting to drag out the angels and 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 have in have sex with them. And and, and you know what? Lot went out, poor Lot, he went out to try to talk to them. Oh, bless his heart. And and you know what? (laughs) And you know what? The angels reached out, grabbed him by the throat or by the collar of his his neck and and yanked him back inside and slammed the door and struck all the men with, with blindness so that they could not find the door. So but his wife had to date that turn. She had to turn back, didn't she? She just, she only had to do one thing, <laughs> walk out and not look back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's because her heart was in Sodom with all of her stuff, you know, all of her, her life. But our life is, uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in the book of Galatians. And it's Paul talking to the Galatian Christians and, and he's telling them, you know what, this is, this is me now. This is my life now. He says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That to me, that goes right hand in glove with the scripture in Revelation, where, and I, I'm going to close with this thought in Revelation, uh, I, I believe, well, I have to go there because, you know, I'm getting old. <laughs> Deborah, you are a spring chicken. Oh, I hope. You know, I'm staying, I'm believing the You're looking you know, incredible. You you just every time I see you, you've got more of a glow around you. Yes, Hallelujah. So, so uh, um, okay, and, and it's in twelve. I was right. It's in chapter twelve of Revelation, verse eleven. And well, well, uh, you know, I got to read the verse before. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, "Now salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come." For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. You see, that happened when Jesus overcame through the cross. So that's why that right there tells you that all this, so much of this timeline stuff with the book of Revelation is a, is a lie. Yeah. So, so that happened already. And then verse 11, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And everybody leaves this part off and they did not love their lives to the death. So Jesus is trying to get us to be his bride and he's trying to bring us to the place that we overcome even as he overcame. And we already have overcome in the spirit. The devil's already been cast down and he is, Jesus actually said, he's under your feet. He's under, he's under our feet. And, and that used to be really cute. People used to say, well, if you want to give the devil a message, write it on the bottom of your shoe. But now it's not fun anymore. Now that we're having to live through hard. Yeah. 
So, but you, that's when you have to grab hold of the reality that Jesus is coming after a powerful bride, a spotless bride, one who doesn't look like the world, the one who isn't trying to please people to, to, to keep her life safe, who's not up there preaching half truths to try to get enough money to keep the church open and keep a fat salary and to keep their their two cars in the garage and 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 make lots of money so they can go on vacation in the Bahamas or wherever they go. You know, it it this is really funny. I'm just going to tell you that Michael and I live in Florida and I have friends that say, you need to go and see Florida. And I said, well, I can see her right outside of my office window. I I see Florida right now. (laughs) I've got a little palm tree in my flower garden and and all of these Hawaiian ties and it's 70 degrees outside and it's lovely. I can see. No, no, no. You need to go on some vacations. And I say, I live on a vacation, darling. I I live in Christ. I don't have to go see it. I'm going to do all of that in the millennial reign. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, Deborah, I cannot thank you enough for today. It has just brought me so much joy and I'm all goose pimply and tingly and, um, your word, and we need to. Do, I, I just want you to come back on again if you can spare one more show before Christmas. I would absolutely just love that, even if we talk about the Christmas story. Uh, I couldn't think of anyone better to, oh. to, to talk about the Christmas story for my listeners. There's nobody oh. else I would want oh, to. Oh, that is precious. Thank you. It's the truth because I do consider you my pastor. I've learned so much from you. You have been an inspiration. And I'm not just saying that just to say it because I don't do that. Um, I, I And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I would be honoured if you and Michael, Michael, if Michael wants to come on, would come <laughs> before Christmas and we talk about the Christmas story, even though we know it isn't his actual time, but this is an opportunity to celebrate. Yes. Yes. We know the time and everything. And I know there's some people out there who, who won't follow, who won't celebrate his birth at Christmas. You know, they're totally against it, but I think it doesn't matter if it's celebrating him, then let's celebrate it. Amen. (laughs) You know, Michael and I, our, our first introduction, sorry, just for interrupting, but everybody's first introduction to, you know, certainly for mine, to learn about Jesus, you always start with the Christmas story of his yeah. birth, how he came to be. Yeah. And that's what we teach our children. And let's hear it from somebody who really does know God. You know, yes, I know him, but you've been, you've been with him for a long time and he's been talking to you for so long. I'd like you to tell his story within the next week or so, if you don't mind, if you're not too busy. I don't mind. I don't mind. That would be lovely. I would love to. Thank you so much. Any final words before I go? Any particular song you'd like me to play out with? Oh, wow. Nothing else. Do you know that song? No, but I'm going to go and listen to it now. Well, I will uh, find it. Pull it up. And um, um, I'll, I'll tell you just while you're looking for it, uh, I'll tell you just a tiny little bit. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. And I'm sharing about that song in the video I just removed. 
from YouTube, hoping that because they told me they were going to moderate and I had had uh, there's a possible strike coming on me because mm-hmm. someone complained that I talk. See, I talk about this song and someone complained that, that, that it had I had a copyright issue when I didn't play the song. I only told people to listen to the song. Because- Is it by Cody Cons? Uh yeah 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 nothing else by Cody Carnes. Let let me look at let me look at it. Um, let me see, let me see if I can play a little bit because I, I I have to download it and just check with for copyright. But you know on my little website we should get away with it. Let's have a yes, let me, that, that's it. It's Cody Carnes. Nothing else. Well, I will. I'm going to get this song uploaded to the end of this. We don't use YouTube. We never have because we get cancelled anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Um, we yeah. should be okay with that one. But Deborah Williams, thank you so, so much. How can people follow you? Because you've got the you've got the website now. You're on okay. YouTube and you're on Rumble. Okay, darling. Well, I will uh I will put the link and let me know when you What's have your website? It? Just tell everybody your website address so people can do it. And it's Midnight Cry with Deborah on yes. on, YouTube on YouTube and on Rumble. And- and on Rumble, Midnight Cry with Deborah. Deborah spelled like in the Bible, D E B O R A H. And if you just put Midnight Cry in uh, Rumble, it comes right up. Yeah. So, um, and and then my um, my website is midnightcry.live. www.midnightcry.live. L I V E. Well, so. I will add the website underneath this blog post anyway, and all of your channels. And okay. um, I am so excited that you're going to come back. Maybe this time next week we could do it. We could do the Christmas show. Oh, that would be lovely. And I live, I live in the to- Daytona Beach area, darling. Oh, is okay. Daytona. I remember that for next time. <laughs> I just wanted to sound American. It's quite funny when. I- <laughs> Honey, you couldn't sound you couldn't sound American if you tried. <laughs> it's really funny because Tanya will leave each other a little voice message. So I'm going, "Hey, girlfriend, how you doing?" And she will go, oh, hey, "My darling, how are you?" And it's every time we we talk, like I'm trying to do the American accent. I mean, she's incredible at accents. You know, she's like, "Hello, darling, how are you?" And there's me trying to go, "Yeah, man, yeah, man." <laughs> Um, can okay, I just ask Darren. one thing, one last thing? Yes. Is our favourite president going to be coming back before 2024? I believe so. Me too. Olympitactics.co.uk. <laughs> Deborah has very kindly said she's going to come back. We've got some great shows coming up towards the end of the week. We've got more coming from the Cardiff Mums. And we've got lots of shows coming up. I've got Tanya Joy Gibson, I think, probably coming on. I might even try to get Tanya Joy Gibson to join in with our Christmas story. That might be fun. Oh, that would be marvellous. Us three, us three girls. Yeah. That might be a fun <laughs> show. So that's it. Midnight Cry with Deborah. Go and check her out. All of her links are underneath the show. She is my pastor. I absolutely adore this woman. And um, I'm so delighted to introduce her to my listeners. So... Thank you so much for all you do, Deborah. Caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this whole moment. Never want to leave. 